Well, how could it be that we had somebody like Bill Gates this week express that the COVID-19 is the once-in-a-century pathogen that we've all been worried about that causes fear, doesn't it? Or then you have Elon Musk um, from SpaceX or Tesla, you might know him from, tweeted earlier saying that this, the coronavirus panic is dumb. How can we have two intelligent people who are, have these opposing views and, and what do we do with that? Well, this week we saw all of our national sports shut down. Disney World, Disneyland, cruise ships canceled, schools around the nations and quite possibly schools here in New Hampshire will be closed. Stock market saw the worst day uh, since 1987. This past week, the president declares a national state of emergency and our governor, Governor Sununu, has declared a state of emergency as well for our state. Circumstances have been changing so rapidly. And before you turn this off and saying, hey, you're just spilling more fear or you're just giving me more information, I want something that's hopeful. Just stay with me for a moment. Stay with me for a moment. On the CDC website on Friday, they said there's 1,215 cases and 36 deaths in the U.S. As of Saturday, it's 1,629 cases for 41 deaths. And then we go to the New Hampshire's uh, DHHS website and said on Friday, two confirmed, four suspected. As of yesterday, seven confirmed cases, 31 suspected of, as of Saturday. What do we do with this? How do we handle this? Do we, there's a lot of emotions, there's a lot of reactions, but let me put it in perspective for you, and you've heard this as well. This year with the flu, there were 34 million people who were sickened by the flu. More than 20,000 of them have died, and 350,000 of them hospitalized. And then we have to look back in history to understand that this is, not new, that, that our state actually and our world has seen much worse things. The Spanish flu pandemic in 1918 killed more than 675,000 Americans. 2,500 of them were in New Hampshire alone. That's an equivalent today of about 7,500 people the size of the town of Stratum. In today's population, at one point, Manchester saw 41 deaths in 41 hours. But that was a long time ago, you would say. But just, I want to offer that for a little bit of a comparison. There are only seven confirmed cases in the state of New Hampshire, 31 presumed, and no deaths. So does it mean that we don't have to be afraid? Does it mean that this is, we should just blow this over? No, we should take this seriously. A lot of people are. But New Hampshire's history can show us that New Hampshire has a great resilience in knowing how to handle these things. And that we can come to this place of, of realizing that we as a community can come together and realize that, that we can be resilient but I do believe it's, we need faith and we need hope today. 
But as Christians, what do we do? And maybe you're watching and maybe you don't know Jesus and this fear is gripping you and I'm going to have an opportunity at the end for you to know who Jesus is. But there's many ways that we all handle stress differently. We react to uh, different situations. Some of us will just kind of like, hey, you know what? No big deal. We'll get over this. Let's just get on with life as usual and just, this is crazy. And in many ways, you stay away from the news and you just want to try to stay optimistic. And because that, that feeling of anxiety or pain might, or fear might grip you and you don't want to have that. Or the other extreme, which is you're paralyzed by the fear and you can't get away from the news and everything that you consume just kind of allows more fear and more anxiety to take a hold of you. And then you start to go inward and isolate and that is not good either. We have to understand how are we to respond. See, there is a reaction or there's a response. And I believe today I want to call us to a response and not a reaction. Number one, I want to let you know as a person of faith. So a faithful response, I believe, is found in God and his word. A faithful response is found in God and his word. Number one, I want to let you know, and you'll see this on your screen, that God has provided for us a comforter known as the Holy Spirit. Can anybody say amen to that? Don't we need comfort in this troubling time? In John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, But the helper or the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, that's all that's wrapped up in this term, the helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. This is Jesus promising the comforter that is now with us, the Holy Spirit. It says, he will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. What has Jesus told us? He has told us to fear not. To fear not. I will always be with you, Jesus says. And that's by his comforter. That's by his Holy Spirit. So take courage, take peace, and know that the comforter has come close to you and I in these troubling times. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hands. So when you're feeling overwhelmed... Maybe you've already been overwhelmed when everything seems unsettled and when the kids are home from school, if they cancel school and you're like, how do I work and how do I manage kids and you're feeling overwhelmed, call on the name of Jesus. When you're feeling panicked because the the grocery store shelves are getting empty and you're like, what's happening? Don't react, but to respond to say, Jesus, thank you for your Holy Spirit who will comfort me. Number two, God has provided us a savior, meaning we do not need to be afraid and even afraid to death. 
Okay, so, so why are you talking about death? What do, you don't, what do you know that I don't know? I don't know anything. But there are people who are dying. Vulnerable populations, the elderly, those who have already a weakened immune system have died. And I can imagine that our elderly in our state, the elderly in our congregations, the elderly in our community might be starting to have fear to like, is it going to come to me? Will I have enough strength? Do I have good enough health? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 55 through 57 says this, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus. You see, with Jesus, we don't even have to be afraid of death. By the way, can I tell you something? We're all going to die. Maybe not this week or next week. At some point in time, we're all going to die, right? So we need to understand where we stand with our relationship with Jesus. And what a great time to ask that question, where do I stand? And we know that through Jesus Christ, we do not need to be afraid of death. He's our savior. The work that he did on the cross for us to take away our sin, him conquering death by resurrecting from the grave, he is who he said he is, the son of God, our savior, the one who assures us everlasting life. Number three. God has provided us with peace. Can you just right now in your home, watching online, just say that word peace? Peace. John chapter 14 verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as this world gives do I give it to you. And right now, this world is not giving us a lot of peace, is it? The media is not giving us a lot of peace. It's actually creating a lot of anxiety. But Jesus promises peace. He goes on to say, Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I'm mindful of this time when Jesus was in a boat with his disciples And a a crazy storm came about. And in that storm, the disciples were quite panicked, thinking that they were going to lose their life. And Jesus was fast asleep in the boat, not concerned at all. How could it be that Jesus was fast asleep when everybody else was panicking? Probably because he knew the peace that he knew that God was in control, that he knew that there wasn't anything to be afraid of. But for us, we look at our circumstances and we look at the news and we look at the, the statistics and we look at the grocery stores and we look at the closings and we look at the, you know, state of emergencies and we're saying, oh no. But Jesus is reminding us to have peace. I love this verse in James chapter 4. It says, You do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. 
For you are like vapor that appears for a while, then vanishes. Then goes on to say in Matthew chapter 6, 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. So here it is that God has given us peace. He's promised it to us. He wants to give it to us. We just need to receive his peace. And then the idea of worry and being anxious, we have to realize that that's a choice for us. We can either get ourselves worked up and begin to lose our peace. I have to say that for me, there have been times where I have lost my peace in this process. There have been times where I started to feel the stress and feel the anxiety. And I realized that I needed to come back to that place and say, God, restore my peace. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, we all need this right now. You're going to see this on your screen. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. See, God wants us to come close to him in this time. He wants us to find peace. He doesn't want us to be anxious. He tells us, don't be anxious about anything. Are you anxious? He gives you the anecdote to anxiety. He tells us right here, if you're feeling anxious, here's the answer. Pray. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, by prayer, talk to God about your anxiety. Talk to God about your fear, and he will comfort you. Now, we have this assurance. We can have this assurance that faith can rise, overcome fear, and we have confidence to have the right response. See, we might want to be tempted to react. And a reaction usually is out of fear or anxiety. But God is calling us to respond. Doesn't mean we just pretend nothing's happening. It doesn't mean that we, you know, get crazy. But it does mean that we have a responsibility in these times. See, fear will cause us to react. But faith will help us to respond. So here's our response. One, pray to keep your peace. This is a way that you can respond. Pray to keep your peace. Prayer helps us stay calm, focused on our Savior, focused on Jesus, our comforter, our provider, the peace giver. Number two, I would suggest and I would encourage you Persist and get into the word. Persist and get into the Bible. You're going to find scriptures of hope. I guarantee you, you watch TV, you scroll on your Facebook feeds, you get the latest news, it will increase your level of anxiety. Instead, take moments and open your Bible and ask for God's peace. Let him speak to you. Let him assure you. 
See, fear will paralyze you and draw you inward, but the word of God will build you up and build your faith that will push you outward. Number three, press into the mission of Jesus. This is not a time to shrink away. I know people have had different feelings of whether or not we cancel church or cancel our gatherings and what does that mean? Shouldn't the church rise up at this moment? And, and I would say, yes, the church is rising up in this moment because you're going to be looking to your neighbor and finding out what they need. You're going to be finding out the elderly in our congregation and, and your community around you and the people around that you know, and you're going to say, hey, how do I help you? Do I need to go grocery shopping for the vulnerable populations, those who have been sick and shouldn't be out and about, the elderly, pick up their medication for them? See, that's, that's the mission of Jesus. But fear will cause you to isolate, react, and close your life out to the world, and make sure you get your stockpiles and so you can hunker in for weeks on an end. But Jesus is calling us to always face fear and run into the fire. Now, God has given us wisdom and faith. And I think we need the balance of both of those. Faith helps us overcome fear, but wisdom helps us understand that we've got professionals who tell us what's good and right. And this is why, you know, we followed our, our governor's recommendations and we follow our healthcare professionals' recommendations. That's wisdom. But I would encourage you, keep meeting together. Find your, invite a neighbor over and maybe next week when we're doing this again next week, you're going to invite some neighbors to your house if you feel comfortable. This is not a time to retreat, but this is a time to press in and move forward. If you've got life groups going on, we leave that up to the discretion of your homes and your life group leaders, but again, we need each other. And by the way, we've got technology. We can do a lot of this stuff online as well. So it's not a time to retreat. It's a time to press in. I also want to let you know another opportunity. If schools get canceled, just think about moms and dads who have to work. And now they've got to care for kids. Where do they go? Maybe you're going to be opening up your home to take in some extra kids during this time. Help out the families in your community. You see, that's what Jesus always wants us to do is look around to the needs around us and press in and to meet those needs around us. There's another story that I've been thinking about and trying to process a little bit this week. It's the story of, of Jesus healing the leper. Now, leprosy back in, in Jesus' time, like it's still an active disease today, was considered contagious, was considered stay away. You know, social distancing was a real factor for those with lepers. And Jesus actually went up to the leper, touched him, and brought healing to his body. Now, I'm not asking you or saying this that you need to do that for people who are sick per se, but if the Spirit of God is leading you, listen to the Spirit of God. I 
I'm not asking you to do anything risky. I'm not asking you to do anything unwise. But I'm also saying that at this time, in these moments, we need to listen to the Spirit of God and not allow fear to grip us, but to move in and to move forward. Yes, that was Jesus, the Son of God, the healer. But I want to remind you, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that lives within us. John chapter 14 Verse 27, I think it was important to put this on the screen to reiterate this. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. Not as this world gives to you, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is not a time for fear. but it's a time to bolster our confidence in God. Press in and ask the Holy Spirit to not only have faith, but wisdom. And I want to encourage you that you've heard that, right? Faith and wisdom, they go hand in hand. Listen to the voice of God and respond. Not react, but to respond. peace. Now, some of you who are watching today might not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it might be hard for you to say, well, well, I want peace, but I've never actually had peace in my life because it's Jesus who gives you peace. And so I want to just at this moment invite you into a simple prayer that I prayed. Some Oh, probably 20 years ago, when I was in my early 20s, a friend of my brother's came over to my house, and even though I grew up in the church, I knew of God, but I didn't have that personal relationship with him. And I know at that moment in time, there was something stirring in my heart, and probably helped, didn't help that, like, probably a month earlier, I said, God, if you're real, you better prove yourself to me. <laughs> but God is real, and he wants to come close to you in these troubling times. And this is the prayer I prayed. I, I just said, God, I, I want you in my life. Jesus, I acknowledge what you did on the cross for me by taking my sin, my shame, my guilt. And I receive the work that you've done on the cross. Please forgive me from all my craziness of life. And I acknowledge who you are, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior, which means... He becomes the most important thing in your life. And that moment when I prayed that, then all of a sudden this rush of God's, I felt God come into my heart. I felt his love and I felt his peace like I had never felt before. And that could be for you today. So would you just pray this prayer with me? Jesus, I just pray I just ask for your peace to come into my heart. Jesus, I acknowledge what you did on the cross for me. Thank you for taking my sin. 
all those things that I've done that would be contrary to who you are, God. And the best that you would have for me. Thank you for taking my guilt, my shame. Thank you for taking my self-reliance and my pride. Feeling like I can do life on my own. I don't need this, God. But Jesus, we need you. We need you like never before. Thank you for not only going to the cross, but thank you three days later, you conquered death and you rose from the grave. Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I want to live for you. Amen. So at that moment, when you received Jesus, you said that prayer, guess what? The Bible says that you are a new creation. You're being born again, which means your spirit is coming alive. So know that you're a new person. If you gave your life to Jesus for the very first time, if you wouldn't mind, if you're watching Facebook Live, just write a little note right there and so everybody can see that feed saying those who gave their life to Jesus, that would be an encouragement to others. The other thing I want to let you know is, is I'm praying with all of you. I'm praying for all of us that we wouldn't give in to anxiety or fear, but we would trust Jesus, that we trust God, that the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, has come near to us and we can have peace in a troubling time doesn't mean the storm doesn't keep raging around us, but it means that our insides are calm in the midst of the storm. I also want to encourage you, don't isolate during this time. If you need help, reach out. If you're healthy and strong, press in. Find a way to be in the community and shine your light brightly. Today is a day, an unprecedented day, where the world seems like it's crashing in around us. Let's not crumble with the media, but let's rise up and turn our eyes to Jesus, our Savior, our hope, our deliverer. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Music